0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network you're trying to play with oh, a bit of, wow surge we've never edited that into a podcast before
1: the fantasy football show Hello everybody, welcome to Planet FPL, the world where everything revolves around Fantasy Premier League. My name's Serge. And my name is James. Uh, I, I feel a fraud with the introduction to today's podcast. I feel a fraud. Spit it out. The world revolves around Fantasy Premier League. What time did we record this show? On Friday? Yeah. Can't remember. It In was like 10 or something
0: because you had a work Christmas do on Friday, right? Oh, oh, you've missed deadline. You said you would anyway. I said so.
1: I would, but I also said in the differential show on Friday morning that I would make my transfers there and then because I knew I was going to forget later because we were out at the work Christmas do drinking shots, apparently. And so I didn't make my transfers. I did, however... Make Kieran Trippier third bench and play Lacelles, which is at least something, <laughs> rather than leaving Trippier in my team. Okay. <laughs> no, but if I hadn't, I would have got cash for Trippier instead of Lacelles for Trippier. That makes a big difference. Uh, at some time, I don't know when, you messaged me to tell me that Holland was out, probably, possibly... It was early. It was like one o'clock. Was it that early? Yeah. I only saw it around four-ish, I think, <laughs> when we'd finished lunch. Because we were in... Uh, the irony of irony is we're in a restaurant with shit reception. So you know you ain't getting no messages or Wi-Fi or anything. And then it was 6.30, quarter to seven, when we decided, right, we're going to start walking back to the station. And then I realised I'd missed the deadline. And it wasn't even like late, late, but it was felt like I'd missed the deadline. So I missed the deadline on Friday. What were you going to do? So I was going to sell. I think I'm down five points overall. Uh, I'm in my wrong team here. Not that I have two teams. Um, I was going to sell Porro, uh, Trippier for Poro. That was a given. Yeah. And I was probably going to sell. I probably would have sold Holland for Dominic Solanke. Um. As two moves. Thank you for cheering me up this morning. <laughs> yeah, but net-net, uh, the poro points makes the difference because I would have played... Uh, I wouldn't have played LaSelle's, I would have played Poro. So LaSelle's was six points. poro was eight or seven points and eight or something like that. So there's one or two points in it. And then I would have played um, Slanky over Diaby who came in as auto-sub. And that was four points. So there's five or six points. Like, it could have been way worse to miss the deadline from that kind of point of view I, I look at it as yeah whatever i'm fine lucky i got away with it really to be honest with you because it could have been worse and despite missing the deadline my team still beat your wildcard team so you know
0: well done <laughs> You <know. laughs> this sums up the game right <laughs> exactly that right so um, what's your game week rank must be pretty decent uh
1: I can't tell you because they haven't... Oh, I suppose I can go live FPL. Is live FPL working?
0: I, I say that yeah, because obviously we know... still sitting there at the moment. No, because obviously. my auto
1: subs haven't come in yet.
0: Oh, I see. Uh, and obviously, yeah, look, it's subject to change based on whatever uh, FPL decides to do with the Bournemouth Fluton game.
1: Well, this is it, right? So FPL, my gaming rank is 700k according to live FPL, but I don't know if that's accurate because... Live FPL hasn't taken into account my auto subs yet, or has it? It's got 67 points, but
0: yeah. So, obviously, it's a bit of a unknown at the moment.
1: 67 points. So, you're assuming, what,
0: someone's coming in for Solanke, or what happens if Solanke gets no points?
1: No, no, I don't own Solanke, do I? Oh, cool. So sure. I have Diaby coming in. I've got Diaby coming in for Haaland um, and Boom. Dubravka coming in for Ariola.
0: Oh, that's all right. Yeah,
1: it's tidy. So 67 points, but I had a clean sweep across the back line, which as, makes an absolute a lot of change. But yeah, Gabriel sells Shimikas, and Dubravka. Um, I had Palmer and Watkins... A lot of people might have moved away from Watkins, but uh, when wow. they went to Nunes a couple of weeks ago and maybe haven't gone oh, back, they'll be back. So that's hurt for a little bit. Uh, and then bits of Foden's assist. That was it, really. Bits and bobs from the rest. But Cole Palmer was the hero of the week, really, with 14 points. Um, and Watkins' uh, nine points helped. I burnt a transfer because I had two, but I've still got two rolling into this week. So we're all good. I think um, you're going
0: to keep hauling on aren't you?
1: Uh, Might as well leave it now, mate. Maybe I've got three players not playing this week, right? So I want to, I want a bit of bench depth there. I think I might take a punt on
0: something, you know. (laughs) If you remember, yeah, no, I'll remember. This is the key. What day's deadline? Thursday. Right, okay. Thursday six thirty p.m. is deadline this week, UK time.
1: I apologise for missing the deadline, but you know, (laughs) we were drinking at the work Christmas do, and I think overall, like, yeah, whatever.
0: So it wouldn't be an FPL season without you missing the deadline. Nah. So I feel
1: like a lot more people are a lot more stressed out by a lot more other stuff than Thank me you. missing the deadline. Thank you
0: for bringing Christmas cheer to the podcast today. Uh, 64 Why for Why is there me. no
1: cheer? What? Why is there no cheer? Well,
0: just thanks for bringing last the Last week of work. Uh, <coughs> well, we were recording throughout. But yeah, I mean, exactly. Paper bag work, you know, paper bag work. 64 for me on wildcard. Quite happy with that. Um, Interestingly, the the three most expensive players I've got uh, blanked plus Alvarez. Um, so yeah, clean sweeps at the back. At the back, the Bravka, Porro, Colwell was kind of fifteenth choice for me on Friday. I it was Milos Hercules Friday morning. I was going to go for, and then the Cucurella injury, uh, which we didn't know quite how bad, but the words he's going to see a specialist was enough for me to go. Yeah, I can I can go Levi Colwell here. He's definitely going to play at left back. Um, and I think probably does for the majority of this upcoming period. There may well be some rotation in there, but I think he plays the majority of it. And Kukarela is actually out for a couple of months. I'm not quite sure the status of when Ben Shilwell will be back, but it's not going to be over this Christmas period. Uh, shimikas seven-pointer. Uh, Captain Mo, uh, like many this week. Uh, Jared Bowen, eight. Solanke, six. Watkins, nine. Uh, the Solanke six literally makes no difference to me uh, because if it's voided and he gets no points, I've got Gabriel six instead. So literally makes no difference to me unless they decide to tag on the, the bonus points onto the game, which I think would probably only be something that would happen under the circumstance where the result was confirmed and there was no intention to replay any more of the game. I, I don't foresee that being the solution. I think... The most likely solution here is that they void the game and you don't get the points all those subs will go in Solanke and others will have a double game week some point soon, and the game will be replayed in its entirety yeah that, I mean i didn't um, suspense will happen
1: I wasn't keeping track I, I just saw I checked in at like four forty five five o'clock to the results and I saw um match abandoned and my initial assumption straight away was like floodlights yeah. or some crap like that. Went on to the BBC, had a look around, right, okay, saw so his collapsed. I, I think there was not even any question in my mind about what would happen. I thought if the game's void uh, and abandoned, then it just put a line through it and sometimes it happens. And it's no different to a cold Wednesday night in Burnley when the snow comes down. And the whole game has to be abandoned. What are you going to do in that situation? Yeah, look, it's been a long time it's, since... It's sad,
0: it, but... Of course, no. It's a long time since we've had a Premier League game abandoned that's played that amount of time. A minute,
1: I understand.
0: Yeah, like over an hour was a significant period. So under that circumstance, there is a case to say, could they go, right, shake hands on the draw? You're all happy with that. And to be honest, maybe both teams would, but I suspect it would be replayed in... In its entirety, in terms of FPL not making their decision yet on what they're doing with the points, well, they've got to wait on something from the Premier League, haven't they? Yeah. Imagine what they what avoid, if they said they're going to um, play tomorrow? Well, the other option is, which is quite common in obviously overseas countries, but it's it's never happened here in the top level, is obviously just to finish the game, go back and play the last half hour or, yeah. or whatever. Um, so I was the, thinking even midweek
1: this week, they've got Carabao Cup, that... that that game, Bournemouth Luton's not going to be televised. So, but I guess they don't give the fans time to go back to. They need no, to give the fans I'll, time. I would imagine.
0: Right? Uh, I would be surprised. All the fans who went would probably. It would be like your tickets are valid probably for whenever the game's replayed. Yeah, I yeah, should yeah. imagine. Um, so look, FPL can't make a decision till the Premier League make their decision. Obviously, if the Premier League haven't made a decision by Wednesday, um, then FPL will have to make their own decision. But I imagine, to be honest, by the time this goes out, I wouldn't be surprised if the Premier League of said what 's what 's going to happen. happen with the fixture and i don 't suppose you'll get a this is the the, the date the game's going to be replayed if that 's the case it'll be the the result doesn 't stand the game's going to be replayed uh, whenever um we must give a shout out to uh, the people that looked after Tom Lockyer from the staff at, at Bournemouth and Luton I think Anyone who's listened to me talk about the Fabrice Mwamba situation in the past when I was there will know how I feel about it. I think there was a particular panic for a lot of people because Tom Lockyer had obviously collapsed at the Championship playoff final as well. I think it made it a little bit worse in terms of people's worry and stuff. It well, it's sounds clearly like, an
1: ongoing problem that yeah. he needs to, to get and addressed. You know what,
0: there's every chance that he may not play football again, but the most important thing seems to be that he's in a stable condition and recovering. Um, my sympathy goes out to all the Bournemouth and Luton fans who are at the game as well um, because that's a terrible experience um, to stand there, wait, not have the information, etc. Um, as I said, I, I went through it in 2012 so if anybody was at the game and wants to reach out about it, please do so. Cool. Uh, was that all of your wildcard team you've been through then? Anything else to add? I think so, yeah. I mean, I mean, we could look at it in hindsight and say oh, Alvarez was a, was a big problem for me. Um in terms of keeping him, but I don't regret keeping him with the state Crystal Palace went there. Why was he a problem to keep? Well, no, he's a problem now in the sense he's obviously got a blank and he's not, he wasn't a player, I knew I was going there and I knew he was a player that I didn't particularly want after this week, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Because um, it looks like Foden and Bernardo are being used in um, more advanced positions. I think that the points coming where he's placing the team might begin to become questionable. We think Kevin De Bruyne has, Traveled to yeah. Saudi Arabia. It's, it's,
1: it's just become. He's, he's chipped away, but it's now just become assists Jam- every yeah, other week. How
0: Jam- many goals he scored this season in the Premier League? I was surprised when I saw uh, four. Him. Yeah, four goals, yeah, eight assists, surprised. twelve returns,
1: right but they came all early, uh, and this is the timing of it. I think he's a sac- he's sacrificial for me as well. The reason this week I probably won't move him on is purely because of value. I've got no value in Holland, and I've got no value in Foden, so. Uh, moving them on and coming back to them is easier. Hang enough. on,
0: so you've got Haaland, Foden and Alvarez yes. going into this week? yeah, yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, did you not know that?
0: <laughs> no, <do> exactly.
1: <laughs> I think Haaland will go to Solanke and I think Foden, I might go to Sun um, for, for this week and see where we go to. But I do think this week's going to be a bit of a washout in the sense of get your 11 that you can out and don't overthink trying to over-engineer it. Because um, again, it comes down to who are the main players that you really want this week. Well, you're going to want some Villa, right?
0: Yeah, so I mean, we I've, I've got, got, got triple Villa already. Yeah, I might. He not. says I with might. Cash and Diaby. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I've kind of got triple Villa. You you might be lucky with Cash, I think. Yeah. Um, and Yuri Telemans' fitness might have a little bit of an impact on Diaby. I've spoken for a few weeks about Bailey having a direct impact on Cash and Diaby. Bailey on the bench, they both start. But I would also say for Sheffield United at home, don't be surprised if he does something that's a little bit more offensive, i.e., he could play Cash and Bailey, with obviously Cash at right back in that fixture. He could play DRB inside of Bailey. Like I don't think it's so much of a problem for a fixture like that. Agreed. And I think if you've got these players like Cash and Diaby, you've probably just got to get on with it. For those who are on Leon Bailey like me. I Means every expectation to think he'll he'll play, and there's there's no reason for me particularly yeah, to it, it, move that on. You could you,
1: you can't have confidence that he'll play, but you also can't justify moving. No, on I from do lack have confidence. I do have
0: confidence that Bailey will play. Actually,
1: yeah. Ooh, but then you might have thought he might have started yesterday. Not but then Cash has come off early. Does that mean he's rested kinda, and we, feels fresher? He hobbled
0: through all the end of the first half of the Arsenal game. He didn't travel to the European game on Thursday. He's a player who's got a history of injury issues. So it doesn't surprise but me. But you're that confident that he might rich. play? Yeah. yeah to <laughs> so do you know honest, what I mean? It could just go either way where his injury's no, gotten worse would, and aggravated it a little I'll bit. Might, well, whatever. only Ben Mee might have aggravated it yesterday. Um, I'm over 85% confident that Bailey mm. will start on in that fixture on Friday night. But You Pal want a bit of Newcastle? But Paul Torres might not. That's a, a one that's now yellow flagged. Unai Emery said after the game yesterday that he had picked up an injury. Um, and was hopeful that it was minor. We haven't got any more information than that at the moment. One good news on Villa is because they're playing Friday night, we should get a press conference from Unai Emery on Thursday, which obviously this week, because of the Thursday deadlines, like all the Friday press conferences you ain't going to get. So Villa's probably the only one that's probably going to be useful on Thursday. Obviously, those who are playing in the Carabao Cup, there's some information to obviously learn from those fixtures and any interviews that happen before or after those games. But a lot, like uh, Tottenham, for example, Angel most likely to do his press conference Friday, you'll probably get no updates on on anything between now and then. Basuma ain't
1: playing, I know that much.
0: Basuma definitely won't play and he deserves not to play, which we'll, we'll cover in a, a little bit. Levi Colwell, uh, I saw hobbling during the end of the first half of the Chelsea game, but came back out and finished the game. So um, even if, if Torres doesn't make it, I'm not too bad covered. Obviously, if he's out for a significant period, I need to move that on. There's a few things in mind. I've spoken about this idea of sort of going Saka to Richarlison this week and then, say, Bowen to Palmer next week, which would allow me comfortably money to then go Alvarez to Haaland afterwards. But I do think I'd want Saka Bowen back at around about the same time when, obviously, Salah and Son go to AFCON. Um, And so there's more of a thought process at the moment to leave that, and it could even be that I end up rolling... Going into this particular week, um, Ollie Watkins will definitely be my captain unless Unai Emery says something that that spooks me. Um, not tempted with Salah at home? Absolutely not, or Humming son either. I think mm. Watkins is to stand out by a difference. If you prefer Sun or Salah, it's absolutely fine. We know what those players are capable of. But definitely Ollie Watkins for me this week. I've got a
1: triple Newcastle defence away at Luton. I think it could go either way, like one goal in that whole. Thing is wiped out but if they keep a clean sheet then my game week is going to be good regardless I think with triple defence and I've got triple Aston Villa and Cash the Abbey and Watkins if I get something out of them I think those two teams Villa and Newcastle You haven't got any Tottenham have you? Not yet I'm going to buy Sully though um, will dominate my, the success of my game week regardless is a case to say just go Richardson at this point Matt well, we can talk about that when we start talking about these games. In fact, shall we? Go. Anything else that we need? to Anything else from the weekend? I no, I talking. think we'll,
0: stuff we'll cover Come off during on, the during games.
1: The game exactly that. Uh, Nottingham Forest, nil. Spurs, two. Uh, it
0: was an ugly and horrible game of football, <sighs> which I give... Uh, did you watch it?
1: I saw the highlights and bits and pieces. Look, I'm like Matt Turner. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, he's back in goal. Blackadimus and Playa's
1: yeah, is coming back. Yeah, no Blackadimus
0: and might well be coming back in goal. Um, I mean, the second. Oh. I think he's not good on the first goal, and he's laughably bad on the second goal so as yeah. well. He looks like a goalkeeper. Um, this might be overly critical. He looks like a nervous goalkeeper, mm. and he did do before he got dropped as well. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that changes back again. So don't be steaming into that at three point nine or whatever price he is at the moment. Obviously, if you have got him at the moment, it's not a panic but it's one to be aware of I think yeah Vlacadimus will go back in goal if not this week then I think that's an inevitability at some point and if Knight and Forest did decide to change manager I also think that probably then becomes an inevitability uh, Forest made the game uh, and it's, this isn't a criticism when I say this Forest made the game ugly and horrible he played a 3 5 2 again, which obviously at times looked like a 5 3 2. Long throws all the time from near catty and stuff as Ug- well. Ugly things like you're trying to play with oh a bit of. Shit. Wow, Surge. We've never edited that into a podcast before. Uh, for the benefit of those on the audio, Surge just dropped his coffee all over the laptop. And he's now tripped over the lead. Uh, he's going to go and get some tissues. Should, should I just keep on talking? So he played with. Um, Gibbs White and Nalanga up front again as they did at Wolves. It was the exact same eleven that played in at Wolves and obviously got a positive result with a point at Use. It didn't surprise too much that they stuck with that system. And I think for the opponent they was playing, knowing that your opportunities are going to come on the counter-attack, they were better off going with this strategy rather than, say, playing a Chris Wood. Nico's got the torch on his camera, so he's definitely doing yeah, something yeah, to take yeah, the yeah. piss out of you, yeah, mate. Yeah.
1: Oh, I just feel fucking coffee All on. right, I not my phone
0: now. as well, Blood. <laughs> <laughs> why, I'm ta- wh- wh- why I'm talking about Tottenham as well. Yes. Um so look, Forest Assets and they're gonna be of absolute zero interest for you going forward, um, in forthcoming weeks. Can't see it at the moment. It's a decent fixture against Bournemouth this week, but with the form they've been showing. I don't think that's not your one-week punt that you particularly want this week. You got no kitchen towel up here. You only got toilet well, up paper. Here, we
1: haven't. Well, my laptop still looks like it's alive. That's good. That's something. But uh, yeah, it might need uh, uh, what's, what's unscrewing and a bit of hair drying. Let's see. <laughs> uh,
0: for Tottenham, caught
1: it. Gone.
0: Didn't play great, um, but then very, very pleased with uh, the points. When I say we didn't play great, um, I didn't have any problems with our intent or our. And again, mate.
1: <laughs> what, your phone? Yeah,
0: man. <laughs> Didn't have any problems with the intent or the way that we tried to play. Um, just final final pass a few times was, was a little bit of a letdown. And the game become quite stop-starty, which uh, yeah, credit Knight and Forest for doing that and making it horrible. Um, very, very pleased with the three points, obviously. There were some scary moments. Uh, Not least the disallowed goal, which I don't know why it took a couple of minutes to decide, because I think we all saw the first replay and went, yep, that's offside. It wasn't quite like the one in your game yesterday, which was. Four minutes. Yeah, your one was tight yesterday, though. But even still.
1: I I thought it was offside when I saw it. No, it it was very, very tight. Um, But but still, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at. Knowing when things are on side, off side, uh, when it's close like as, that. In as the as I said
0: previously, one of the downsides of obviously the Luis Diaz disallowed goal was to take so long on decisions <laughs> now. I panic, can't get yeah. it wrong, can't get it wrong. Double check, triple check, great. Um, you're mainly interested in Tottenham assets, aren't you?
1: For, for this week, yeah. I so, mean, as much as Everton are on, what, four wins in the bounce, you still are ho- at home against them. Um,
0: before that, sorry, because you did say, obviously, spent suspended is a big deal. Four um, matches. Well, it's not four matches, is it? It's and then a, some. Thanks, you, need It's going to be about eight matches. Why? Because he's suspended and then he goes to AFCON.
1: Yeah, but this is, that AFCON was going to happen anyway. So it's, yeah, not really eight, it's eight matches without him.
0: So, Hoiberg's probably going to have to play the number six role. I do wonder if he's back fit, if in a fixture such as Everton, um, Ange might try Giovanni Lacelso in the role, um, because he's tidy in terms of his ball retention. Um... And he might try that. Papsar's on four yellow cards as well now. We can't afford for that to be a suspension I'm as so well. How much Three, I think. Well, and he so, hasn't even
1: played any, any football. So,
0: or. obviously, if you're on three yellow cards, you need to get booked in both of the next two games to have the suspension. The Amnesty is after the 19th game. So, for the likes of City and Brentford, that obviously will Jennifer. be a, a week later. Um, so, game week 20 will be there their 19th game, and that obviously may apply to Bournemouth and Luton players as well. So, Pissouma missing is a hole, a big, big hole, and he's not he's not played particularly well since probably the North London derby, actually. Um, I don't know if he might be carrying his own problem or issue at the moment, um, but no excuse for the tackle. As soon as we all saw it, it was like, yeah, red card, knew it straight away, can't make. No, he didn't. Contact, he didn't but the intent but was there, wasn't prop-
1: it? It was over the top of the ball. It was d- too high. It's very dangerous. Uh, you can't tackle like Even that. like Ben Mee's, he didn't make the most contact, nah, but the intent but, yeah. was there, well, unfortunately. I don't think, I don't think foot- either
0: Bisuma or Ben Mee were trying to do the no, opponent per it was se. A, it was like, Bisuma was desperate because he, he took a heavy touch of the ball. Uh, then it's bad. And Ben Mee as well, I think, also is a little bit of a lunge. I think he's lunging in to try and win the ball, but he's also very lucky that Leon Bailey's foot wasn't planted because it no. would have been very dangerous. Um, Poro, clearly the, the Tottenham asset that you'd want defensively, uh, particularly Destiny or Doggy, will also be suspended this week after getting his own fifth yellow. Um, Emerson, is Poro priority this week
1: over Sonny or over one of the attacking ones? Which is Still
0: priority? depends on your team, right? Yeah. So See, for
1: me, I've got... Midfield and attackers not playing, so I want to fix my midfield and attackers. I mean, if that's
0: where your problems are and you're, you're happy with your back three, then... But uh, but I would also say it's almost like an inevitability that you're going to end up there while he stays fit. Yeah. Because he's, he's ridiculous at the moment in terms of his offensive threat. I do and feel actually, like I got away with it. It was his defensive stuff that actually helped, helped enable him pick up the bonus points in this particular match as well. He played really well. So you will want Porro. So if you think, like, I'm going to end up going there at some point, I think... I've said this a number of times. There's players like him, Trips, Trent, who, like, if you're going for... Because of the offensive capability of them, I don't mind if you feel you want to punt that in for a minus four, particularly when there's a fixture this week. I know we are in an incredible form, but a fixture this week that has the possibility for the haul. Um, uh, Emerson Royal will cover at left-back. Mickey van der Ven, by the way, we think might make game week 21 as it stands, which would be a note of caution, obviously... For anyone who has gone for Ben Davis, who was who was excellent, by the way. Um, a lot of the talk, though, will be on which midfielder to get. So, Kuduzewski is obviously the one who's really hauled. Richarlison scored again. Sonny's blanked, but obviously Sonny has the, the big explosiveness. And Brennan Johnson should be okay for the game. We've obviously required stitches uh, to a head wound in the first half. Uh, Ange said should be all right. I suppose he'll wear a bandage or whatever, protective something for the game on Saturday. It's not a concussion. Even if it was, it would fall outside the six-day window because it's eight-day gap. So um, as long as the wound is secure, I would imagine he will play. That means Kulizewski will stay in the eight position uh, in which he started the game well. Obviously, after Johnson went off, Skip came on, which is a far more defensive player. Kulizewski moves uh, to the right. There is something interesting in the sense that he, his big hauls do tend to come away from home. I have, I, I have no science for why that is, but it's been like that since he arrived. It's not that he can't return at home, scored against Chelsea, scored against Sheffield United, um, but the the big, big hauls have tended to come away from home with him. I don't know if you... I don't know the reason for it. Can't explain it. Because I think as well, like even under uh, Conte and stuff, we were so counter-attacking even in home games. So I don't think it's a case of more space away from home or anything like that. I mean, his creation for Richarlison's first goal was just a perfect cross. And Richarlison scored again. And that's really good for his confidence to actually, you know, three goals in two games now. Yeah. I think then his self-belief of knowing, right, well, if I train well this week, I'm in the team again Saturday and there's no reason to think that won't be the case. And I think why he's scoring, he stays in that central position. And won't move him while his confidence is up. So he'll stay in that central role. Um, there is the narrative of playing against Everton. And uh, we know what can happen when players play their old teams. I think Richarlison... Really? Not, it doesn't always happen. We know but that. Holly Watkins we? But we happened know, we this know there's weekend. We a, a story now. Michael Keane
1: happened this weekend. I was thinking there's a Michael th- th- Keane <laughs> happened this weekend. Like, he turned into Prime Beckenbauer this weekend. I don't know, mate. Uh, tell against me, his tell team. me you didn't
0: watch the game without telling me you didn't watch the game.
1: <laughs> without, uh, well, he's, look, he's, he's scored and he's had a, a couple of bits in the highlights that made
0: him look pretty decent. Prime Michael um, Keane is as far as I'll go to say. Yeah, on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which is still. Michael Keane yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day but yeah I get it like so as a non-attacking Spurs owner you think Richarlison over Son I've got like money no object no, because no, I'm no, selling no, no,
0: no, 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 not necessarily what I'm saying is you don't own
1: yeah today you know, I own no you, one you know you've got, I'm
0: selling Phil Foden you've got no value tied up in Son you know that in three games time you're probably selling some so like Son over Richarlison like I still think Son but factor in that you're going to save a transfer 3 million pounds and that by potentially going Richarlison at the moment. Sun did have a really good chance right early in the game as well. To so, be Son and Richarlison both had one big chance. Richarlison scored his and Son didn't score his. It's, it's as simple as that. And it might be the other way around at the weekend. Um, definitely Richarlison over Kulazewski for me. And it's worth noting, although it's obviously limited data in comparison, Richarlison's expected goal involvement numbers. And we know he's not as good a finisher. He's running along a parallel line to Suns now. So, there's XGI per 90. is pretty close between Richarlison and Sun. So, there is a case on that as well to potentially make the savings. Yeah,
1: the biggest thing for me is the value. Like, I'm thinking I'm saving £3 million. If it's a problem further down the line, Suns tied me up with more cash. Whereas Richarlison, like, if I needed to bench Richarlison one week... And kick the problem on. I can do that. I'd feel bad if I had to bench Sonny one week or whatever. So, not sure yet where I might go with that. But it does free me up a bit of a bit of cashola.
0: I wouldn't go steaming into Richarlison as a captain this week, by the way. That's likely to frustrate you on Darwin Nunes levels. Um, but I think Richarlison is a perfectly reasonable get. I'd went into this week thinking a lot about potentially Saka to Richarlison. And I think probably taking a step back and thinking about it a little bit more, I'm probably better off leaving Saka because he's going to be so popular when obviously Sun and Salah go. So I'm probably more likely to leave it. Going Bow into Richarlison doesn't do a lot for me, but I might consider that as well. Sunny, I've obviously got. I think of the two, yeah, sure, Sun's the better asset, but it obviously costs you about three million more and factor that into your thinking. Cool. Okay, the shrewd listeners, James, will uh, understand that we mildly broke there for a minute you mean you broke your laptop
1: i well, laptop is working fine miracle miracle! Uh, if you're on youtube you will have seen the kerfuffle of the coffee on the laptop we're back on it it's fine gotta give a massive shout out to dell because this is the third or fourth time i've spilt shit on this laptop and it's still going strong so, you so know. you're a good bloke is he credit to michael dell and dell computers because it's still working um Yes, indeed. Let's talk about briefly, obviously, the abandoned game was Bournemouth 1, Luton 1, when it was abandoned, just after 60 minutes. Um, Luton, we're happy they went up. You know this little Alfie uh, Doherty? Doherty, is he going to be one of those problems where we pronounce him, unlike Doherty and never pronounce him right? Is Alfie Doherty. doughty da- Doherty. Doughty, doughty? Yeah. Uh, he's a good player, you know. I think... If Luton go down, I think there'll be plenty of Premier League clubs that will be looking at him. But he's as a also got back.
0: the benefit. He can obviously play wing-back on either side. Yeah,
1: I think he's a good good young player, to be honest. He popped up with an assist here. Um, obviously, the game's abandoned now, so it's...
0: Yeah, and look, as I said near the start, like FPL will make their decision based on what, obviously, the Premier League do, and uh, we'll just accept it for whatever it is, I think. Mm. Um, just a couple of notes on the game. Alex Scott was an unused substitute. Um, which is back again, really back good for news for Bournemouth because we, we weren't expecting him to be back so soon. Now, obviously, they've been managing really well with, obviously, Lewis Cook and Ryan Christie in a deeper role. So, Scott, this time they can probably ease him in and not feel like they're, they're rushing it because the rest of the team's playing quite well. Um, obviously, bear in mind for likes of Semenyo, he's obviously going to go to AFCON soon. Um, for Luton, obviously, look, whatever happens with Tom Lockyer, it's quite clear he's not going to play football for a long time even if he does play football again. And that's going to be a real loss to them defensively, unfortunately. Um, Obviously, what happens with the game as well also has an impact on marvellous Nakamba. Um, Because obviously, if the game is just avoided and going to be played again another date, then Nakamba will be suspended for Newcastle this weekend. Oh, wow. okay. So there's a a couple of issues for them defensively going into that game at, at the weekend. I don't really feel like there's too much point talking about it. Much more, to be very honest. I mean, Solanke is still gettable, I think, this week for people who aren't on. And obviously, look, if the game is voided, then there's going to be a double game week at some point. Quite clearly, it won't be in the next couple of weeks because of the schedule. But it could be, you know, as early as sort of game week 21, 22. It could be anywhere, right? None of them got any cup other than FA Cup. No kind of Carabelle Cup commitments, no European commitments. So it's a a go anywhere, really.
1: Cool. Let's talk about Chelsea then. They comfortable home win over Sheffield United in the end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first half looked turgid, non-existent. <laughs> May as well just bother turning up for the second half. Forty-five minutes, like looking at the xG and chances created and action in the first half versus the second half. Yeah, chalk and cheese. Um, obviously, Cole Palmer's a standout has as performed, like he's now uh, pretty much first choice you would say in the last kind of few months he's had that rest against Brighton where he only played 24 minutes. He had a bit of a
0: knock going into that yeah. didn't he yeah so,
1: But other than that he's 90 minutes yep. goal involvement's great. It's almost like a, it's a gift now right? I picked him up at two. Yeah it is. And he's at five six. He's performing like a 7-8 million pound midfielder. Yep. You just kind of leave it be now. Sometimes I look at it in my midfield and I've got Socek. And the De- and Palmer and then also Diaby. and I'm like I've got three midfielders here below seven million but Palmer to me you may as well put his price out of his mind and just know that you've got Chelsea's penalty taking attacking winger or number ten who's going to have high goal involvement.
0: Yeah, unlike say the Sun, v Richarlison one, yeah, where there's still some justification to pay the extra because the Sun's explosiveness. I I don't see why you would pay for Sterling or. Mudrick ahead of Even Palmer if you at the moment. Jackson, but I don't know why he'd
1: pick a forward, to be honest with you. And Kunku just doesn't seem to ever be ready as well. He well, he was on the bench at
0: least this weekend. I think but, it was a, quite a bit of surprise that they didn't use him. I don't know if they were yeah. thinking they wanted to be 3-0 up before they used him. or something. I don't know. Um, in fairness, there was a, a tactical tweak in this game which um, Pochettino u- utilised at half-time for the second half, which... Um, I guess essentially has won the game, basically swapped Palmer and Sterling's positions. Mm. So Palmer played 10 and Sterling played right wing and he swapped them at half-time and I think Palmer just felt a little bit freer where he could go and perhaps see the angles and come in off the flank and get involved and come towards the play rather than perhaps receiving it on on the half-turn in spaces. So yeah, quite agree with you. It's a standout one. Have a little bit of sympathy for Chelsea in the sense that they played four centre-backs basically because of... James' latest injury and obviously Mark Cucurella's injury as well. Malagusto's back fit, and I suspect he's one really to keep an eye on because he is sort of 4.1. He might even drop to 4.0, and I suspect he's probably going to have a prolonged period in the team eventually. I, I always felt I'd considered him for wildcard, but I always felt because of the opponent, there was no way really they were going to risk him. Yep. in this fixture but it might be he sort of comes back in maybe for the Wolves game subject to how he trains this week I wouldn't dive in certainly not but one to keep an eye on because we know Chelsea's fixtures for a prolonged period are really good he's and still it, 4.1 James he's still 4.1 yeah, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to 4.0 during the course this week in any case he's still a great enabling price If he's but now that play, he's got
1: some minutes people are not going to be moving him on are they what do you mean like in terms of dropping in price do you think people are going to be moving him on
0: Gusto yeah I don't suppose anyone's still got him
1: mate 4.6% he hasn't played since when so why would you think that his price is going to drop to 4.0
0: because of just no looking because I was looking at him because I was He's thinking due. wild card he was on the fringes of it yeah exactly okay. that um, and the less ownership you've got, the less transfers out generally it will take, right? So he might dip to 4.0. I think that becomes interesting. Again, I wouldn't buy it this week. The only offensive one of interest would be Palmer. Um, he is on four yellows, it's worth saying, as is obviously um, Raheem Sterling as well. We don't, of course, yet know the impact of Unkunku and what that's going to have as or when he, he comes back in the team. And there's, there's no doubt in my mind that he will become a first-choice player. For Chelsea, we're just not quite sure about, well, on Sheffield United, just briefly, I don't suppose anyone's diving into them ahead of going to a Villa team that can go top of the league if they beat them on Friday night. Um, Wow. Yeah, Villa go 18 top? 18 18 games in as well. It's not like fucking yeah.
1: when we're top or you're top, which is always seems to be the first
0: two or three weeks v- of the season. V- Villa, go, Villa go top if they win Friday night. and look, Lovely. With, with Liverpool and Arsenal playing each other this weekend, they might even stay there. They might Lovely. be top of the league for Christmas, which I do recall. Those who remember the 98 99 season might remember an Aston Villa team under John Gregory getting off to an absolute flyer. I think they finished about seventh in the end. They fell off a cliff from about February onwards. We'll this, talk about Villa this Villa, when we get to this Villa, Villa yeah. won't fall off hard. I agree. On Sheffield United, um, the 4 1 4 1 that Chris Wilder's use, utilising, I would suggest is probably going to stick. Um, George Bulldog will put some pressure probably on Jaden Bogle, but I think he probably stays at right back. Max Lowe covered at left back this week for uh, Jack Robinson, who's suspended. Robinson will almost definitely come back in on Friday night. And move mean Austin Trusty will go back to left left back. Cameron Archer is basically playing as a left winger now. Did have a really good effort in the first half, actually. Oliver McBurney was a bonus, obviously, come back from them from his own suspension. And I think they're beginning to get the better out of Vinicius Souza, giving him that real kind of anchor role responsibility to sit a bit deeper than Hamar and uh, Andre Brooks, who's broken into the team since Wilder returned as well. He, All I would say is that it's definite for me Ollie Watkins' captaincy, but I don't think Villa will go beating them, like, fives and sixes and shit on Friday night. They'll have the psychological pressure of knowing what yep. the result means if they win that game on Friday night as well. And I just think Chris Wilder is, is going to set them up in a situation where the fans are a lot more on side, the players are on side, I think. And I don't see them getting obliterated, let's say. I'd be very surprised if Villa didn't win, but I think they'll, they'll, what I'm saying is they'll show up and make it a competitive football match.
1: Uh, Man City 2, Crystal Palace 2. Um, some really interesting things from this game. Uh, if you look at it from a stats point of view. Uh, after I'd seen the highlights, I was interested to see what some of the stats were like. But
0: You've seen Palace having a higher XG and got blinded, yeah? Well,
1: uh, <laughs> it's not even that. It's like 818 passes completed for Manchester City. Like 74% possession, uh, yet two big chances taken both. You're coming away from the Emirates with a 2-2 draw. The Emirates, careful. Uh, sorry. I know it's quiet there. It's, it's not that quiet. I am confusing my Middle Eastern Airlines from... <laughs> Etihad and Emirates, sorry. Get that UAE oil money, Arsenal and Man City. Come on. Uh, no, but yeah, and uh, the discrepancy between first half and second half, I think, for, for City. I mean, 14 shots in the first half, but only five in the second half. Yeah, but What ta- are we reading into this? Uh, yeah,
0: listen, this is just sloppy from City. It's as simple as that.
1: But this is not the first time it's sloppy from City No,
0: but, this season. Well, this not- is now like, repetitive. They've won one of the last six... Um, and other than the Villa game, they've been ahead in five of them. Wow. So, and it's three consecutive home draws in a row when they've been leading all of them against Liverpool, Tottenham, and Crystal Palace. Liverpool, Tottenham, I think you can have forgivable reasoning because of the the other two teams' quality. Let's not forget, it isn't just Crystal Palace, with respect. It's a broken broken Crystal Palace with so many injuries, and they've done really well. They went to a a 5-4-1, uh, and Chris Richards in midfield, which eventually Again. moved him into centre-back once Joel Ward went off injured with a hamstring injury. I wouldn't be surprised if they go five at the back against Brighton on Thursday as well, as a note. Um, Eze's obviously got minutes really late in the game. Yep. So he is. Because that game's so important to Palace on Thursday because of the rivalry, air quotes, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Eze goes back into the team. Mateta is probably going to get a little run up front at 4.9 and people will take note of the fact he's just had a double digit hole at the yet he had. Um, he's obviously got assists for both goals and I think he might have ended up with top bonus. I think Surge possibly as well. Um, City can have no complaints on on the penalty, even to be fair, Guardiola didn't moan. I do think there's probably a pull on Bernardo Silva in the build up, but yeah, it's a really, really bad challenge from Phil Foden. Um Oh, sorry, it wasn't to assist Materi. He scored the first one, didn't hmm. he? Assisted by Jeff Schlupp, made a really good run in behind. But yeah, City were comfortable, and this is what happens in games like this. You can be, I think Arsenal fans will relate to this, probably think about perhaps a Forest on the opening day. You can be 2-0 up, and if the opposition nicks a goal back, then suddenly a squeaky bum time. chicken can, shit can yeah. go wrong at the end, yeah. right? Yeah, And then Palace feel like, well, Everything, if you're a Palace player and you're in your mind, you're thinking, Well, this whole strategy's worked to get me to this point with a couple of minutes to go and we're in the game. Yep, you'd have all settled for that pre game. So, look, really good result for Palace. Did you see Roy laughing? No, so it kind of looked like he was laughing at Pep, but I don't think he was. Probably not. Pep was losing his nut at the penalty decision, and Roy just looks around like the proper old gentleman he is and he just has a little giggle on himself. Um, for City. I guess the, the headline here is probably on on Haaland. Um, for those who've held so far, Suj, like you... Um, Accidental. Well, I think that's hold now. Once you've made that decision to do so this week, it's just one more and then you've potentially got a game week 19 advantage, haven't you?
1: Yeah, true. Like, if I'm going to um, Solanke this week and I've got the choice of selling Alvarez and or Haaland, I think I'd probably actually sell Alvarez yeah. because... Holland, I definitely want back. Alvarez, it might be time now. Have you got Watkins?
0: Me. Yes. So that's it. I was looking at kind of an Alvarez replacement this week and the one I'd always earmarked as him I, I might <laughs> go for one game. No, so Jimenez. Right. Only oh, well. at home this week. Oh so, yeah, that's
1: one thing I want to do later what? today. Nico, for the social media, because we, we need to.
0: You want to...
1: I want to Raul Jimenez James <laughs> later, if that's all right. All right,
0: yeah. I, I probably deserve it. So yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, I
1: don't know if you do. But anyway,
0: um, uh, there's not a lot of forwards you'll want to look at this week, bar Watkins, Solanke. I mean, do you want to go into... I, I, I was looking at Carlos Vinicius last night because of the him and his suspension. It's like, so I don't think you're going to buy two forwards this week, is my point. So nah. Solanke, yeah, sure, fine, get it.
1: For Alvarez, keep Watkins, and then Haaland's ready to go. Haaland, whether I want to go back Station. to Alvarez or not, so be it. The value in Alvarez is, is there, but Alvarez will probably lose value over the coming weeks and months I, now, think, I think for
0: most people well, I was going to say most people it's not true you'll probably get a split a lot of people will go back in game week 19 because it's like oh sugar I think there's a lot of us also think like Everton away game week 19 can I wait a week rather than taking a hit for example yeah. particularly if the intention would be to captain say Mo Salah at Burnley if that's your intention anyway then I think wait a week if you want to get him in and captain him at Everton get it completely get him in obviously but a lot will wait till game week 20 I think, interestingly, we need to keep our eye on Pep dropped a little bit of a nugget about January and says um, that the Brentford game might be played, but he was waiting on a Premier League announcement. So, eyes and ears on the prize. Let's know it's a possibility. And let's just, I would say at the moment, just keep rolling it sort of four weeks in your mind. I suspect some of that waiting might also be dependent on Champions League draw. I think it's today, I think. Monday, yeah. Um, And then you obviously find out which week City play. Um, So I I personally think 24 or 25 currently for that City-Brentford fixture is more likely. 23 is extremely unlikely because um, they play each other in that same week. So of all the weeks you could pick, like why pick that one? So therefore I think that also probably makes 22 very unlikely. 21 a possibility. So I would roll four weeks in your mind because that should be minimum notice to the fans really is four weeks. Um, but that 21 is obviously spread over a long period, so it kind of runs near to the end of the month. So let's, let's keep an eye on here. 20 is out of the question now. 21 is the new possibility. Personally, I still think 24 25 is a little bit more likely for the rearrangement of that particular fixture.
1: Cool, cool. Let's talk about Newcastle 3, Fulham nil. I think after Newcastle's kind of indifferent Form over the past few weeks, uh, they'll be happy to have a pretty dominant performance. And Raul Jimenez obviously has helped them massively. Has helped them by, I mean, it, it was early enough, 20 minutes into the game, that if you're going to play Newcastle with 10 men, you are highly likely to get fucked because they're so intense and so good. Um, what was he sent off for? Because he didn't land an elbow. Are you mad? And he didn't kick him. Do you not think that's a red he, card? I 100% think oh, it's a right, red card. I think. <laughs> But it wasn't like a clear elbow or a high foot or he kicked him. It's a high he did, bum. He kind of did all of it. it was it's a high it was bum, like a mate. Jump into trying to take... Like on the Saturday night, James, uh, Leon Edwards from Birmingham, who is uh, one of our British English UFC champions, retained his title against Colby Covington. Did he do it Jimenez? I do think Colby Coving... Uh, Rial Jimenez would have given Leon Edwards a tougher fight than Colby Covington did okay. with the hat level of... Flying knee elbow move. Um, but it was like, What were you trying? You're trying to take him out, you're trying to head the ball. He wasn't, he's obviously the ball. He, had you seen the he look, just gone into it to there was wipe
0: him out. A number of suspicious looking elbows at the weekend. There was one in your game, so Sue was pretty lucky, yeah, in the first half. Um, and I, I, honestly, on a different day, if a referee had taken view of Jamal LaSalle's elbow and sent him off. I don't think VAR's saying, look at that again, again. and cancel it. So it's like a borderline one. It's definitely a, a movement of LaSalle's arm into Jimenez. Now, that moment has clearly riled him up, I think. And he's gone heron across to close the ball. And he's kind of done this kind of air block tackle thing, which is never going to work. And it's almost like he realises in midair, oh shit if my foot goes into him here, I'm, 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 I'm done. done. I'm sent I'm off because out. the ball is long gone. Mm. And so then tries to turn his body away from it, I think. But then because he does that, the the actual impact was pretty bad, wasn't yes. it? It's quite harsh. You're endangering a player. And if you mm-hmm. endanger a player, it's actually even worse, the sense that he turns his his back on it. Yeah, what's going because on? Because the, there was an old one that we, we always used to debate about, Joe Cole in his Liverpool debut against Arsenal, where he made a tackle on Laurent Koscielny. And he got sent off. And one of the rulings on that was like he caught him at kind of shin height. But one of the, the things they always said about that tackle was particularly bad was as he made the tackle, he looked away. As in Joe Cole looked away. So he's got no control of what he's doing. Yeah. So from Jimenez's perspective, that makes it even worse. He's not looking at what he's doing. Yeah. And he might be trying to stop, but he's now he could have gone into him and pushed him, and you're he don't, probably don't get sent off. Because he's saying, all right, I made a mistake, but in air, I push you over is less dangerous than what actually happened. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an absolute, it's an idiotic tackle. Yeah, indeed. It's not even a tackle, is it? I don't even nah. mind what to call it. was um, an interesting
1: one. Like they, they were a bit more back to the kind of team that we might know a little bit. I'm looking at uh, Jamal Lasells and seeing Fabian Cher come off, thinking, please be injured, because if um, Sven Botman's fit again, then fine, because Lascelles won't lose his
0: place and Cher will drop out. Do we know... So, um, lots of bum notes in this game. Raul his bum red card and apparently Fabian Cher's bum injury because it looks to, to most of us... James. looks most of it is bum, isn't it? is not is, is it not bum, though? No? Glutes. Is it not bum? Yeah, yeah, bum. Right, thanks. So, uh, <laughs> it looked like a hamstring job to yeah. Cher and... Uh, I have to say I'm not surprised. I'm I'm disappointed for him that he's going to but I'm not surprised because he has been an injury prone player and he's stayed fit for a long time, but they've had a lot of games and he's played all of them. So Glute, I, I don't know if it is bum, if he's I mean the way he felt himself, it just looked like a hamstring job. Yeah.
1: Uh, if you're I, I don't know if Luton is the game to risk. It's gonna be a tough, big physical game. If he's if he's a doubt. We've got a Cup game tomorrow night as well. Oh, so we'll learn a little bit.
0: Yeah. So it's complicated now, right? So, obviously, Dan Burn's back. Mm. So, um, what they did at the weekend was, obviously, Kraft come on for um, Share when he got injured, yep. move uh, Livermento back to left-back, put Byrne in with Lascelles. And that's fine, because Byrne can play left-sided centre-back. Not a problem at all. Sven Bottman was also back on the bench as well. So, you or, think, although, might get although you'd think if shit. Shares injury, you would think, particularly for LaSalle's owners, you'd think, oh, that's okay. But it could be that it becomes and bottman and Liveramento then stays at left-back once, obviously, Trippier's back from suspension this week, presumably will play. Trippier's also a little bit of a doubt for that game tomorrow night as well. He should be okay for Saturday, is the word. I think Chris Hope was reporting that this morning, that he'd be checked ahead of tomorrow night. Um, I don't... You know what I'm going to say on Burn Botman, two left-footed centre-backs. So it might be that it's good news for Lascelles, but the best four of that probably doesn't include him. No, it doesn't, um, but they keep um, we getting injured. We were always told at the start of last year that they were quite comfortable using, say, Botman, at right-sided centre-back if that was going to be the scenario, if they were without Fabian Shear. So if you're a Lascelles or Livramento owner, do you know what? Chances are you're absolutely fine for this week and you might even squeak the Night in the Forest game out as well. Then the fixtures get tougher. I'd be very conscious of what I was doing. Joel Linton is also a hamstring injury. Yeah. We think probably minor at this stage, but minor over this period could keep you out of those, those two good fixtures left in Luton away and Nottingham in the forest at home, which means Lewis Miley, who got, finally got a break, who came on and scored eighth youngest scorer, I think in Premier League history will come back into the team. They'll miss Joel Linton's power. When I watched them against Milan last week, and they're really tired, and it's understandable why, he was the only one, Joe Linton, who, who felt like it was it was still with him in terms of that power and purpose that he could provide into the game. That would be a big miss for them. And Fulham, essentially, really, because you'll know, I tipped Fulham to go there and win at the weekend. Fulham will let, let them off the hook. and We'll never really know no. what might have happened. But I, I also completely get the Newcastle perspective. Nice to have a bit of luck. Go your way. On Alexander Isak. if you suddenly think, well, Callum Wilson's my striker solution because Alexander Isak suddenly missed out at the weekend, he's going to be assessed for tomorrow night as well. Um, so, you know, who plays Saturday against Luton? Good luck, toss a coin. Won't yeah. be, it, won't, it, won't, it won't be for me. On Fulham, I guess Vinicius does play up front. Yeah. Uh, I think Rodrigo Muniz is is basically available but I would think it's more likely that Vinicius would play at the weekend in that good fixture against Burnley and it might be one particularly for those who are intending to wild card 19 or 20 can afford to take a one-week gamble on something like that I think Tom Kearney um, as I'd mentioned last week as well is another enabling one if you're if you need to come below kind of your Palmer Bailey level and stuff Tom Kearney at 4.9 uh, competitive with a few of the Bournemouth assets, I think could be considered for a one week punt as well. Everton
1: are won, uh,
0: won four in a row now, two nil, they're on sixteen points, which would
1: be twenty six. So they'd be sitting um well right up alongside Brighton in ninth. ninth wouldn't they, uh, yeah, which is uh which <coughs> would be a hell of a uh, an outcome. But they're kind of comfortably clear relegation zone now. Um, and yeah they'll be happy to go to Burnley. I mean Burnley sitting point joint bottom is that point Bottom. Joint bottom. We're talking about bottoms a lot here, James. Yeah. With, with Sheffield United. Um, but yeah, to go there and win 2-0, comfy.
0: Look, I think Burnley might do some business in the January transfer window, but their problem, unlike sort of Luton and Sheffield United at the moment, you can, I think you can feel assured that they'll, they'll, they might be short quality, but they're going to give you a game. Hmm. Burnley will give you a game in a different way but we're also definitely going to give you chances Yep, that's how it feels and there's not enough reliability on the, the attacking end of things nice to see Lyle Foster obviously return as a substitute at the weekend and I imagine he'll, he'll be back in the team for that trip to, to Fulham next week Hannes Delcroy covered at left back in place of Charlie Taylor who was suspended he'll obviously come back well I say obviously he's likely to come back in that fixture at Fulham they obviously took Delcroy off against at half time um, he had a bit of a disaster when he came on against my team in game week four. So they're short of uh, reliable quality, unfortunately. For Everton, it's a really good win. And I really like this performance from them. Um, because what do we always say about Sean Dyche's team when when it's on a winning run? Uh, it won't change it. Same team again. But but trot he, them out. But he did. Mm. He did. He's gone to a, a back three, which kind of became a, a, back, a, a back five, a 5 4 1 out of possession. And they obviously went into the game with their own players missing. So no Coleman, no Young. So Patterson was always going to play the, the right back position. Obviously, Jared Brantweight was suspended. He'll definitely be back in the team at the weekend. Yeah. And Vitaly Mikalenko didn't make it either. Again, we think he'll probably be okay for the Tottenham game. So rather than. When I saw the team, I thought, well, they'll play Godfrey at left back there. That's, that's the only solution they've got. They played him at right-sided centre-back, moved James Tarkovsky left-sided centre-back, um, which obviously allowed the protection of beckenbauer Keen uh, as the central centre-back, who did take his goal well, admittedly, and actually played fine. Uh, the, the three centre-backs largely played fine. In fact, the one real dangerous moment they have actually came from a Tarkovsky mistake. Dwight McNeil played left wing back. It meant a deeper role for Abdullah Ducore, who needs to be checked as well. There's a suspected tight hamstring, um, which probably means it's probably the same as Anthony Gordon. Just rest for a few days and you'll probably be all right. Um, He played a deeper role. Jack Harrison and played uh, narrower and closer to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And James Garner had a really interesting position that allowed him to play as a left-sided 8-10 hybrid, but also move into kind of left-sided midfield to protect Dwight McNeil at stages in the game as well. And you know what's really interesting about this run for Everton? These these four wins in a row uh, would have scored, what, eight goals in that period, conceded none. Mm. No Dominic Calvert-Lewin goals no you wouldn't he, have thought that would no, you he's
1: and he hasn't completed 90 in any of those games he's kind of done he's done alright 60, 57, 84 I mean he didn't whatever. he
0: didn't start at Forest uh, he, it's he, fair to say did he
1: hit the bar he had a save early on I can't remember when he had the chance that he could have decent his, header early yeah, in the yeah. game um, he's still in, in and about it and I think sometimes it's not the goals it's the presence of just knowing he's there is enough to to drive him forward like I have, uh, if you say to me, if we're talking next week, Monday, and they've come to your place and nicked it 1-0, no surprise whatsoever. No, not particularly. Uh, I think it's going to be a very difficult game for you. Um, If you score early, I think that could be quite different. Um, But if you don't, it's going to be a particularly difficult game. And they'll they'll try and do some damage on the counter against you.
0: Yeah, uh, and there's no doubt, you know, in terms of We've seen it on Michael Keane's goal at the weekend, and actually, obviously, the first goal as well. The utilisation of obviously direct balls towards the penalty area. It was a shame for James Trafford because actually, he made a really good save leading up to that corner. Then, I mean, your goalkeeper's got to do better than that. Mm-hmm. I, Amadou Anana admittedly gets extremely high, but I need my goalkeeper to be a bit stronger there, I think. So, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll cause Tottenham problems on Saturday. No doubt about that at all. But Spurs City, Villa, and three of the next four, it's, it's an avoid for Everton for me. It's going to be, when, when Pickford goes to take a free kick on the halfway line and Tottenham's deepest defender is within 20 yards of him, it's going to be quite interesting <laughs> on Saturday. Um, that's our Clash of Correspondence this week, by the way. I'm recording with Ricky Saunders and Sean Norton tonight. That will be available for you tomorrow. I think there is a temptation because they've kept four clean sheets in a row to go, oh my God, let's steam back into Jordan Pickford. And by the way, how many people do you think went Pickford to Areola? when Everton's run was ending. I think Pitford's got about 40 more points than him over the the following eight game weeks or so, since people might have made that switch. It is what it is. Listen, you're going to go and switch that back when Everton are about to go to Tottenham and then play Manchester City at home. I think it's probably not. Um, And therefore, Jared Branthwaite is still the one that would interest me most as a fifth defender going forward. Their fixtures are, and I always say it, tough. And they've done really well over this period. Perhaps when we reflect on it, perhaps Forest away, Burnley away are two kind away games and a depleted Newcastle and I guess we could say a depleted Chelsea as well. It's not to take anything away from Everton, it's just say maybe that run of four fixtures wasn't as bad as it looked on, on paper, but they've done extraordinarily well. It's safe for me and they'll just get points even I'm, oh, sure, I'm sure they'll have up. a run where they go like three games and in a row and, and lose them for example but it'll get points exactly what you say like would it be a huge shot if they come to Tottenham and round out of 1-0 on Saturday for example no and I, I do think they'll probably go probably that system again at Tottenham probably back five yeah uh, Arsenal 2 Brighton
1: 0 uh, and for all intense purposes like this can be a tricky game Brighton in any scenario but Arsenal didn't Win, it like it wasn't getting over the line. They fucking won this game. Yeah, yeah, the hands that right. everything I've seen about it. Because obviously I was a I went to West Ham for the first time this season, but um, everybody it's like yeah, there was I call it a Teta masterclass or whatever. But statistically, they just dominated. They played well. They created shitloads of chances. Had they, they won on XG, they won on shots. They won on part. They won on everything. It was just yeah, done and dusted. And I think it was the first time De Zerbi hadn't scored a goal in. A game or forty-five minutes, February or, or March or something. Yeah, it's been a while, so they got to in take the, in the Premier League all that credit. From what I saw, I mean, the the player that I've always thought I would like to own and come good for Arsenal because it's an alternative to Saka is Odegaard, and he created a number of. He looked really bang on it. He had a few shots, created a number of chances, through balls, creativity. He's he's a beautiful player to watch, and I really want him to become an asset that I can can go for, but. I don't know if I'll find 8.4 million for him.
0: You will. In game with 21. Mm. I think he'll be an extremely popular transfer in game with 21. With that Saka-Sun money. When you look at the 21 fixtures as well, I think Arsenal got the best fixture in Crystal Palace at home. Um, you've got Chelsea, you've got Fulham. Obviously Man City, Why are people Man City, coming off Saka? Man City go to Newcastle and Tottenham go to Manchester United.
1: Why would you come off Saka in 21?
0: It wouldn't. Okay. No, I was talking about maybe moving him this week right. to Richarlison as a begin process to free up the money mm. for Haaland. As I've said, part of my wildcard team was to leave open a strategy that meant selling Saka, Bowen to Richarlison and Palmer that meant I could go Haaland for Alvarez. Right. Now, I think it's probably more likely in terms of the going back to Haaland for me, it's probably more likely that I'll... I'll probably come off Mo Salah a game early, I think, in, in game week 20, because I don't want to sell that despite the blank. I have to say, if Arsenal had had a more difficult fixture this week, I wouldn't have gone Saka on wildcard. But I just know Brian can be so open and stuff. I didn't want to go into this week without Bukayo Saka. So Agreed. certainly not a regret that I've held him. And it, it won't be a regret that I'd hold him this week. I guess there's a not wanting to look at him in the team away to Liverpool this week. Um, and I also think, actually, to be honest, I'm not sure West Ham the following week is actually a great Ooh. fixture for him.
1: Yeah, maybe. Well, we have a bad record against them. That's why. Well, that's all I would say. Yes,
0: I, I, we do have a bad you, record. You don't play them like you play my team. We all right. know that one. Um, oh. But you will. You will. You'll I make. Feel it. sorry for you. You'll Everybody
1: raises their game for Spurs, don't they? No. Made your lives difficult. Not everyone we played shit against you for half a game. We gave you the chance to go two or three new up. Anyway, uh, story for another part. It's
0: old news. Um yeah, I think, you know, if I, if I move something this week, like, there's every chance I'd bench Saka this week. Right. I'm, I'm probably going to... There's every chance I'm going to need to play shimikas as well. So I would rather go to the all-in strategy if possible. But it's not like he can't return at Liverpool, right? I certainly wouldn't advise anyone, particularly to sell Selbukaya Saka. Um, his numbers were fine yesterday and stuff in terms of the underlying. Just a little bit unlucky, actually. But for a while, I have thought... Um, I am of the opinion of him now thinking... I'm not sure when I want to captain him. Like, you could go to 21 and go, right, I'm getting Odegaard, I'm captaining Odegaard. Could, it might be how we feel by the time it comes around. Yeah, I think Odegaard would be really popular. If Martinelli can find some end product over that period, he'll become popular by the time that comes around. You've got to start thinking, haven't you? If you've got Salah and Son and you intend to sell them, then where are you going to go? And I just think that's... Blo- when the fixtures come round in 21, You we'll, we'll all look at it and go oh yeah, shit, it's, it's Arsenal, I think. So it might be that it's early for me, something like Salah to Odegaard to get ahead of that and then get back in Holland to Alvarez. That probably means me cutting something else money-wise. I mean, I can move Salah to a lot of things to enable me to get back to early you in Haaland. You move Salah to anything. 20. <laughs> well, of, of course yeah. you can. Yeah, Of course With you that, can. That but problem. it needs to be enough money. I don't think Odegaard doesn't quite make it work, but then it'll be Salah down to something and probably Sun to Odegaard for me, for example, I think. So you can buy any Brighton? Is it, is it safe to I've, buy any Brighton? I've booked Sam in and, and Chris for Clash of Correspondence next week. Be available for you next Thursday um, to preview West Ham and Brighton on the day that um, they both play that night. So it's the day you go to Arsenal and Brighton play my team. We'll have that out next Thursday early for you. And one of the rig- big reasons for that is to talk to Sam about Brighton players because obviously Matoma and Adingra are going to AFCOM. But their run... Asia their run is... Mitoma ain't going to no Afcon. You're right. Mitoma's not going to AFCON. He's going to the Asia Cup. Their run is brilliant. Mm. For, the, for the period of those tournaments, it's really good. So try and get an understanding of if something like buananotti could suddenly be a real interesting enabler. What's the chances of Julio Inciso, which would be on no one's radar right now, being back fit for this period and in being quite important and needed? Do we consider someone like Adam Lalana? Suddenly, does, does Joao Pedro regularly play wide because of this? Does it mean Ferguson gets more trusted minutes? I want to speak to Sam about that next week. I don't think anyone's going to necessarily dive into Brighton this week. It's the same old problem of who's going to play. Joel Veltman picked up a knee injury during the game as well. It's another potential issue and problem for them. And what's also interesting about Brighton, which I've said a few times recently, after this Palace game, their spacing is nice. It's a week till Tottenham. It's then five days till West Ham. Then there's a cup game. Then it's a, like a week or two for the game with 21 spread and stuff like that. So a lot of the problem with them picking understanding is, oh, like, Deserve is just going to rotate. But he might not over that period. And that's why I think there might be something interesting there. Um, it might even be that thinking ahead, because it's one thing to think about, oh, I can get rid of Salah son 21. We can all do that. Getting him back again... Twenty four, twenty five might be a bit more difficult. Now, If you can find the right sort of brighten enabler for a little bit that's really cheap, that sort of thing might well help, actually.
1: Cool, cool. Uh, let's go into red card territory now. Brentford, Aston Villa, two red cards in this game. One right at
0: the end for yeah uh, Kamara. Neil Maupay Ben Mee had to go. Yeah, instead of Kamara. Yeah, had to go. Instead of yeah, Kamara. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Neil Payne and Emmy Martinez are... Could probably watch all day long. I think we've Benny Hill music, obviously. Uh, Nico, make that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't show Marti. Uh, they they
1: didn't show Martinez in the highlights that much. So then I uh, had to go and find the uh, on the Sky Sports official highlights. You know, i see him when he really... grabbed more paper. The show they didn't he was show it. On the floor they didn't show it in the Sky oh, Sports blinded, highlights. Mate. Had to go and find. You could see it briefly. He's wrong. He's blinding. Um, yeah, he's he, he he's a character. I mean, Martinez. No he doubt is. about it. Um, Aston Villa. I, I, I heard something interesting on the radio where people were talking about, are Aston Villa genuinely in a, in a title race? Yes, are. And someone said something really interesting. They said, okay, statistically or probability-wise, from here on in, when Leicester were, uh, won the league, 17 games in versus Villa today... Who is more likely to go on and win the title? Oh, and this you'd Villa. say this Villa yeah, is yeah. more likely to go and win the league than that Leicester team. Yeah, definitely. And therefore, you have to say that they're in the title
0: race. You have to remember that everybody, everybody wet the bed the Leicester season. Never want to take did. anything away they from did. them. But, but that, that, that did happen.
1: But Man City are, as it stands right now, wetting, wetting the, the bed. bed.
0: For, so, for Man City standards, anyway. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. What I do think is scary about that, though, um, we may as well talk about it now, is they're still only five points behind the Arsenal, and that feels like nothing for Man City to claw back.
0: Feels uh, like nothing. Yeah, but it could start increasing, right?
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many points you have to be ahead of Man City to feel not scared of them coming for you.
0: No, but you could also look at City, for example. Last year, City's away results weren't great in comparison. To, I, I think we discussed this with Clayton a few weeks ago. I think City's away points last year was the lowest number for a title-winning team for quite a while, actually. Right. So their away form has been concerning for a long period. Um, last year they only dropped four points at home; it's already six. Right. There's a long way to go. We still okay. got the likes of Arsenal to go to. So the yeah, yeah, City still need to go to St James's. They still need to go to Anfield. They still need to go to Whitehall Lane. Like, there's some difficult away games still for City in the second half of of next season so mm-hmm. look I, in February I didn't think City could win the title because of how badly they played at my place yeah, it's they were true. terrible they that was the start turn, of February they can turn it around very quickly exactly. let's talk
1: about Villa because that's what, what we are talking about let's not get distracted with uh, Manchester City um, if you looked at it you'd think oh well Brentford will one up they had a man sent off Villa come back win 2-1 but they, they did they did have chances prior to that Villa um, they're, they're a decent enough yeah. team
0: but we should caveat by saying there's every chance Brighton would, Brentford would have won if the red of card doesn't happen. And the red card is other the right as, well. as far as I'm concerned. Um, they've obviously changed up the, the team a little bit, Villar. It, it was the exact 11 that, that I would thought it would be at the weekend, which included Cash Diaby. Just because of the, the, the doubts about Tielemans, um, particularly uh, Leon Bailey as well. And obviously the suspensions to Dean and Douglas Louise. Probably best off, rather than talk about the game here, talk about the probabilities for this week, which I think is probably what people want to hear most. So left back, haven't got a clue. Sorry to bullshit anyone. I do not know if Alex Moreno will stay in the team or if Luca Dean will come back in. I would think, my opinion would be, if I had to toss a coin on it, I'd say Moreno. And I'd say Moreno because I think it's a good, another good game for him to get up his fitness playing Sheffield United, without so much worry about going that way, right? Mm-hmm. And Luca Dean's obviously played a lot of football as well. It might just be, OK, give him a break. Am I surprised if Dean comes back in? No. We also don't know how Moreno's body will recover from Sunday to Friday, but it's long enough. It should be okay. all right. Um, I think Moreno playing would increase the possibility of concert playing right back. But of course, we've got this Paul Torres Potential injury, which I think does mean at the moment that Carlos and Consa would probably play centre-back if Torres is out. They just move it along and Matty Cash should play right-back. Now, under that circumstance as well, it's not improbable that neither Moreno or Dean played if Paul Torres was suddenly available because he could cover at left-back. I think uh, Carlos and Consa, you should be absolutely fine for this week. Matty Cash, I think if you've got, you've just got to play and it'll be what it'll be. And I th- I would slightly lean on the side of thinking he will play rather than he doesn't. On Diaby, I think that's probably more of relevance on Yuri Tielemans' fitness. Because I think I, I think Emery wants to pair Thielemans as kind of this floating 10 that's allowing Bailey to be a little bit more advanced as a winger and do what he does. So I think Diaby playing is possibly quite dependent on Tielemans maybe because I do think Leon Bailey will start. And I think Luiz will come back in for Kamara, who's obviously suspended. It does mean probably a deeper role for Douglas Luiz. It might have a negative on John McGinn as well. doesn't mean they can't return against teams like Sheffield United. And in Luiz's case, he'll still be on the corners and the free kicks and pens and stuff. Yep. Jacob Ramsey will probably keep his place on the left. Watkins almost certainly will play. It's a Friday gap till they play Manchester United on Tuesday evening. So a four-day Turnaround. Villa's turnarounds aren't too bad over this period. So I think cash owners should keep. Um, I'd be looking to move it on after this week, I would say, however. DRB pff, is such a rough one to sell. Like what, what You've got both, haven't you? What are you thinking? A plan. Just it is what it is. Play it's them. not like these guys can't return as substitutes play and them. stuff as well. Completely DRB. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Plan. They started this week. As much as we can debate, well, okay, why they did or didn't. Bottom, the fact is the fact. They started they this week, which means they could start again. So I'm just going to play them. I'm not going to try and second-guess it. I've got other things I can do that are more valuable, I think. Cool, cool. Let's talk about West Ham 3, Wolves packet uh, Paquetar turning up with a hat-trick of assists. Do
0: you know what his XA was for the three assists?
1: I have no idea because all three of them were... Like through balls from around the edge of the center circle, kind of
0: stuff. And they're all great passes. Oh,
1: phenomenal. In, in he, different was, ways. he was saucy yesterday. He guess what? Game was on TV.
0: I was going <laughs> to mention surprise, it. Yeah.
1: Surprise, surprise. Uh, he's not the first Brazilian to pick up three assists in a game. Roberto Firmino has done it previously. However, he did. And uh, I had a cheeky little pint with You've FPL. you scrolling
0: through Opta's Twitter account or nah, something.
1: Nah. <laughs> uh, I had a cheeky little pint with FPL fella at halftime, Dan. Uh, and guess who he had in his FPL team? He tweeted it earlier. Effective ownership of like 0.0% us coming in with that, two that goals That would have been so first. much more
0: fun if you went, Neha for Nah, if only it was.
1: Mohamed Kudus, coming in with two goals as well. It was a training game. It was it was as flat, as flat a game could be the week before Christmas. Um, Stadium was 80%. Plenty of empty seats. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd say 80% at best. Couldn't get out of the shopping centre, no? No, it's not even that. I just think Wolves the week before, <laughs> people couldn't be bothered. There was no train strikes, I don't think but um, yeah couldn't be bothered it was too easy like, Wolves have done well this season you right? your
0: tickets for people who maybe want to go just yeah. saying uh, they,
1: they beat you at home they gave City a tough game they gave United a tough game they've had some good results Wolves this year I didn't see at Molyneux I didn't see anything at Molyneux from them that made me think in any way that they were a good team there was nothing
0: when was the last away win
1: who Wolves yeah. couldn't tell you James don't follow them well enough <laughs>
0: What I'm saying is most of those good results have been in home games. Sure. And I'm sure they'll continue to pick up a lot of good results at, at Molineux. Alvarez XA for the three assists, was 0.5. Uh Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, imagine Alvarez. That would have been weird. Uh, Paqueta's was 0.05. Wow. And I don't know if it was o- obvious to you, but every goal was exactly the same.
1: Through ball from somewhere in and around the centre circle, cutting the lines, come in. Uh, first, Kudus tucks it on his left, second on his right, Bowen cuts it on his right. Exactly the same,
0: yeah. All three goals in terms of the, the build. Obviously, the, the, the final pass is different in its execution, Finish but a clear different. strategy in terms of exploiting Wolves in that avenue. Um,
1: Do you even, know, what's even, interesting even is it's the
0: same strategy that we employed against
1: Freiburg on the Thursday night was balls okay. in behind for Kudus and Bowen to run onto. Clearly, the attacking philosophy well, is that now. What's
0: interesting about that is even... Bowen's goal is he's he, it, there's a period there where he swapped position with Kudus. Well, yeah, we Alvarez
1: said. came off. Um, Alvarez came off for Fornells. Went on the right. Fornells played left, which meant Piquetta went central with Kudus and then Bowen went to the right. So you ended up with Paqueta and Kudus being the two highest, whereas previously it was Ward Prowse and Bowen. And yeah, you'll people will read into it that oh, well, Bowen went to the right and he scored a goal right at the last minute of the first half when he was playing centrally, he hits the post, and you're talking about the deflection hits the post and goes across the face of the goal, centimetres, and it's in the back of the net from central, and you're not having this debate about whether he's scoring from left or right. The only thing I would say with Bowen, uh, and I've said this before about a West Ham striker, like, the the second half of the first half and the start of the second half, he he was huffing, like, Puffing and puffing, not huffing and puffing, because he was upset. Like there was a number of opportunities where normally he'd be ready to run in behind, and you'd be like, "Make the run." He just didn't, and I think it's fatigue. But yeah, it I looked fatigue. I also to me. think
0: um, I spoke about this on on our Patreon pod Friday. The fact that you had Sunday big game at Liverpool Wednesday night, yeah, and then Manchester United Saturday lunchtime. Owen plays all of it. Yeah, he won't. He won't not. So I'm not surprised if he's. This is the other if side he's of my being told as well, control, control your energy. Yeah. Like
1: when the when Paquetta played the ball through for Kudos for the second goal, I was like, "Bo, don't touch it, Bowen, because you don't look like you're interested. Let it go through to Kudos." And yet, 75 minutes in, 80 minutes in, he can do nothing, and he will still pop up and score you a goal. That's why, as a fantasy asset, I think Bowen is is just the hold and just leave him be. And I think Kudus now has put his hat in the ring. That's not 10 goals he scored for us this season already, which is decent. Um, and uh, he's very direct. He shoot, like he's one of those players where sometimes you get players where where they're running in on box and you're like, don't shoot because I don't want you to shoot because you're not very good at shooting. He can shoot from wherever he wants. I don't mind. He, he's good I, I think Kudos is interesting now at 6.7 I think there'll be a few people that might go for him but AFCON
0: AFCON AFCON, yeah. AFCON. I to me, like just like my mouth and so yeah. I know he's like <laughs> what can we do
1: for Garnets is be rubbish in the AFCON the reality please. is
0: with Kudos if you're sitting there I mean if you're, if you're looking there this week and you're going Richarlison Palmer Kudos okay like Palmer's on four yellows like I get it. There could be a suspension coming. But I don't know how you pick Kudos over like those other... Th- I don't think you can. I, put it this way. I don't know how you pick Kudos over Richarlison at this minute. Because of that, West Ham's three fixtures are United at home. And I wouldn't be surprised. I think if- we'll beat United. Probably. But then it's Arsenal away. Then it's Bryan at home. Then he goes.
1: Yeah, it's not great. I don't think we'll do well in the Arsenal game and the Brighton game will be tough. I think United's the best game of the three. He might
0: absolutely do well in those three games. And do you know what? If someone specifically is carding in, say, game week 19 particularly, and thinking, I want to get kudos against Manchester United, crack on, be my guest by all means. Like, as ever, play it your way and obviously consider your own circumstances. But I think looking ahead, like, he would be under no consideration for me at this stage. And I also, as a Bowen owner, I wouldn't want to go to the Arsenal game and have Bowen and Kudos. Yeah, agreed.
1: Personally. Agreed. So,
0: the other side of AFCON might be a consideration yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Mm. Nothing from Wolves. Interesting at the moment, unfortunately for them. But you'd even have to factor that in. With And this goes for anyone else coming back from AFCON. You think you've got your eye on and the Asia Cup. You know, if you're thinking, well, priority it's going to be get Salah Sun back. Well, guess what? Your Kudos is going to take a bit longer, aren't they? Yeah. Unless, there's a case... For some idiots who might have bench boosted in game week one, to wild card when they come back, just get them might all be done. an idea. Early, By the way, I'm early. one of them. I'm not attacking anyone. I'm one of them idiots, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. One of them uh, early wild cards
0: for the second half of the season. You think just pull it out, get might, it done. Might be for me. Yeah, I mean, if if I was to land in a position where I've got a lot of problems at that point, say around twenty five, twenty six. Uh, Would probably be twenty five, and they're both coming back together at the same time, and it's going to work Getting out early. awkward for me. And Getting I don't early. need to think ahead about the bench boost and stuff. Then yeah, it might it might be a solution for me. It's not, mm. that's not my intention, by the way, but it might be a solution. Yep. Um, nothing from Wolves. No, they played a back four, mm. um, which is it was an interesting call. I think I know why it happened. So they'd obviously been having a lot of success with this kind of back three hybrid system. And Ray and getting injured at Fulham was, was quite a bit of a blow from that perspective, really, because the balance-wise, where it could just kind of seamlessly move into a four with him at left midfield or into a back five with him at left back was working really nicely because Toti Gomez is a centre-back rather than a full-back as well. So it was working really nicely. Then I think probably in the two home games against Burnley and Forest, are probably weren't themselves recently. And so I think he's thought, oh, i change it. i change it. Because it, it, he would have known as well that you, you want to give up possession, right? Mm-hmm. So he's thinking, I'll go a bit more offensive. But the balance of the team wasn't as good. That said, again, to be honest, mid games I honestly personally, you sort of think Soufal was pretty lucky. It's certainly another one that if the ref sends him off there, there's no way is yeah. going to him. Yeah, turn that over, mate. Like it's potentially, it's an orange, isn't it? It's mm. the sort of one you'd be, as this Simbin talks generally nonsense, but it's the sort of one you'd go, yeah. Probably. Go and sit down for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think mean, it was a little bit for, fortunate. That would potentially change the game at that perspective. I imagine that Wolves will go back to a back three against Chelsea on Sunday. Uh, Liverpool, Manchester United, nil-nil. Um. Do you know what? I've been very critical of this fixture over the years. Um, which has obviously had some explosive high-scoring games in the last couple of years, primarily, obviously, for Liverpool. Um, I always used to be so critical about this fixture. It always used to be, used to get overhyped so much. And invariably, it, the the game the game's occasion means that it's not as good as yeah. you hope it will be. And I guess that's what happened yesterday. But I would like to add that I don't think it was quite as bad as everybody's been making out, actually. I think it was quite interesting from a tactical perspective, trying to watch Klopp... Um, decide how to manoeuvre around the fact that Liverpool weren't particularly playing very well and had a brief period as well where they lost control of the game very briefly for five minutes or so as well. They wrestled it back but also never really looked like scoring. Um, And I think individually and collectively, offensively, they had a bad day. But there's, I don't know how many corners they had in the first 15 minutes or so, so, the pressure was on and it was like United got over that bit and then the, the game hit a little bit of a, a lull period, and United were, were a lot more comfortable from there, which is a really bad day at the office for Liverpool. But I also think if they'd have scored, there probably wouldn't be 34 much of a shots, reaction. James.
1: Exactly. One, one goes in, and you walk away 1 0, and you're three points, and you're
0: done. Like, Anana's made eight saves. Yep. Like, none of them are.
1: Yeah, yeah. They only worldies. had one, one big chance. Out of 34 shots, only one of them was what you'd consider a big I'm chance. I'm not even sure what that was. Yeah, I don't either. So but I'm just I telling mean, because, you what SofaScore reckons. That,
0: they posted like an XG of over two, haven't yeah. they? But did Volume. It didn't, it's all
1: based on volume. not based on than like quality. And to be fair,
0: United's chances with Garnacho and Hoyland in the second half were as good as anything as Liverpool created mm. um, in terms of open play. The, the only real scary moment I think United had was was the Trent effort from the edge of the box when he when he gave Anana the eyes and he. It, it was near post. And I think Anana thought it was going to bend it to the far post. Other than that, never really thought Liverpool would score. And, Sud, you will have heard me say this before, and I will say it again. I'm, I don't find it comfortable owning Mo Salah. I know what he is. I know he's an amazing goal scorer. As, I, as soon as he hits my FPL team, I watch him differently, and I don't enjoy it.
1: Did you break him or did I break him? You broke him. Okay, I broke him. Sometimes we don't know you, you broke him, him. I finished him.
0: <laughs> no, of course not. And to be honest, look, if you still want to captain Mo Salah against Arsenal this week, he might at times of the game find space a little bit easier to come by. I'm sure um, Zinchenko probably isn't looking forward to playing against him. Last year, they dealt with that quite aggressively in the first half by um, moving Gabriel out there to go aggressive against Salah, but it still left him in 1v1 jewels. Yeah. So, look, it's not like I'm sitting here going, oh, Salah's terrible. I'm not saying, I'm just telling you, that's how I feel that I don't particularly in, enjoy it. When, I just watch him differently, and I watch him through a, a perspective of going, I don't think you're going to do anything for me, rather than sitting there thinking, oh, he's going to kill me in a minute. It's interesting just how that, that plays on the mind, I think. Um, I do intend to captain him in game week 19. As I said, he'd probably be my sacrifice 20. For Nunes owners... Uh, you're another one you're lucky because easy could have been sent off yesterday he elbows johnny evans in the ribs which is is not a red card in itself then hacks the ball and by the way i don't know why no one's mentioned this but he hacks the ball away and it bounces about that far over the bar rather than going in and then sarcastically applauds the linesman it's three yellow cards there Dallow, I don't have any sympathy, I'm afraid to say, for Dallow's red card. No, most people do. But he gets booked for aggressively waving his arm and then does exactly the same thing again. So I don't have a problem with the fact that Michael Oliver sent him off, actually. I just think, right, it's the old, the old problem, isn't it? Consistency. Because if you're going to do that, Nunes should have gone as well. That, that, that would be the point on that. Yep. Um, and it gave everyone something to talk about at the end of the game. Nunes, owners, I think um, you're looking at him as your way back to Holland. There isn't anywhere to go this week, is my point. Like, if you're sitting there with Solanke, Watkins, Nunes this week, what are you going to do? Sticking with it, ain't you, really? Yeah, agreed. There's no point doing anything. I thought... Um, Liverpool really missed McAllister I thought he was going to play Trent in the 6th position which obviously moved him into midfield later in the game, I was surprised he left with Tara Endo on um, Birch possibly got an injury which is a, will be a big blow going into the Arsenal game um, I think Curtis Jones would be the right replacement for that particular player, uh, Dominic Saboslay for the first time since I'd seen him I thought didn't play well um, and I really, really like him as a player. So he's possibly a little bit fatigued there. I thought Shimekas played really well, actually, at left-back. And defensively, they were largely untroubled themselves. United put on a, a solid defensive display. I know there's a lot of, well, you man, Shina, you shouldn't go there and play like that. Listen, if they'd have gone there and tried to attack, they would have got annihilated, which is what most people thought. So let's give them credit for the way that they defended. Evans and Varane played particularly well, I thought, at centre-back. I, I don't, watching that yesterday again, I don't understand how Raphael Varane has not been playing. I Something going I on behind the scenes, under, mate. Yeah, Clearly. but he's, he's played now. He's, he picked him on Tuesday against Bayern Munich, and that was before Harry Maguire got injured. I don't understand. Yes, something's obviously happened now, but from a footballing perspective, United are much better with him playing. Of course as centre-back, yeah. no doubt about it. Um, Hoyland, I thought, was a little bit unlucky with, with the effort he had towards the end. But this was, when you look at that midfield... None of us thought they were going to do anything in the game, and they didn't particularly. But deserve credit for the work ethic, etc. And I think to be honest, probably were merit for the draw because you couldn't look at Liverpool and say they deserved to win it. Good, good. Certainly yeah. won't be looking at United FPL assets, and I wouldn't be nah, ad- I looking. Would I wouldn't again. be looking to add Liverpool at this moment. either. I was listening to who got the assist on my way, and and I thought um, FPL pricing made a really good point about when selling Salah and Son. The, at the moment, because of his positioning, moving Son to Richarlison would make perfect sense if he wanted to do that in game with 21. But moving Salah to Diaz or Jota if he stay safe fit, it don't, doesn't feel the same, doesn't feel right. No. I think Jota would be one to keep an eye on if he gets himself back fit. Diaz um, tended to run into trouble when he had moments yesterday.
1: Cool, cool. Uh, That was a wrap of all of the games, James. We've uh, rattled through them and we've been talking plenty long. Uh, We can do a couple of questions that we've had in on Twitter, X or whatever it is. Uh... But do you want to tell everybody what we've got to look forward to for the rest of the week? Listeners? Yes. Viewers? Uh, as you said, maybe.
0: COTC tomorrow, Tottenham versus Everton with Ricky Saunders, Sean Norton, Skypod Wednesday, uh, our big fat football quiz of the year on Thursday, which we're probably going to put out after the deadline, something for you to perhaps listen to or, or watch um, after the deadline and before Crystal Palace play. Brighton, uh, Friday I'll be streaming um, patron content this week Q&A today I'm going to do a stream for patrons tomorrow Tottenham Wednesday game at 17 preview Thursday Friday money in football on the closure of the Chelsea amortisation loophole there you go yep okie dokie
1: do you want to answer a couple of these questions that we had in the yeah go for it coke or beer the better drink with pizza, says with Carter. With pizza? Yeah. say Coke, actually. I, I think so, too. It's something to do with the saltiness of the cheese. I think the sugar of yeah, Coke agree with helps that. With, uh, with that. Again, depends on the type of pizza. Don't get me wrong, a nice cold beer with pizza is good yeah. as well. Um, but yes, I think so.
0: I'd go Coke, actually. Comfortably, I think, for me.
1: FPL fanboy, who's the best long-term goalkeeper pick? Sanchez and Ariola trouble. Emmy Martinez. Ha!
0: Why, have a company value... No, genuinely, I did, this was... When I was looking at my wildcard last week, that was the conclusion i come to, was that Emi Martinez was the best long-term goalkeeper choice. I'd looked, and so if it, this is how it applies to me, it'll apply to a lot of you as well, except for those maybe who got Anthony Gordon. Um, up until game week 28, I wouldn't have had any conflicting issue with Emi Martinez. And what I mean by that is an attacker playing that I own playing against him at any point. Java. So that's a long period, but I decided to make the saving on Pal Torres money-wise. Jarvo, why do you
1: think, uh, sorry, who do you think will be the next Premier League manager to be sacked and will everyone survive until the 1st of January? Well, Wild has only just been appointed. So, you're looking at the bottom. I can't see uh, company going. Can um, you?
0: Or even Rob Edwards. I think no, they'll be alright. Shout out to him as well. The way he handled himself. It's got to be Saturday. Cooper, maybe. You would think so maybe the isn't going. No definitely not, not if, going if now that Palace good decided run. to take a different direction but don't think they will at the moment no it's difficult to foresee I mean it's, I suppose if United want to make a change with Ten Hag but he's obviously certainly not going anywhere this week after yesterday and I said it would be as much about the performance as the result and <laughs> he certainly couldn't look at the players yesterday and say that they weren't putting the effort in or anything like that so, it would only be if they wanted to change. And all the word is on that at the moment that that will need the takeover to go through first anyway before anything would change at Manchester United. So, yeah, there's no. And I know I, some people have been talking about Eddie Howe this way, and I just find that madness. We can all see the injury problems they've got and stuff. There's no way Brentford would change off Thomas Frank. Same thing. No, nah, difficult for see who would change at the moment. Yeah, not Chelsea. January, Chelsea if yeah. they had a really, really bad run of results, but. I'd, those are similar circumstances, I, I don't see it. The, the answer would be Cooper. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if no one else went all season. Well, Honestly, yeah, definitely I not all season. Be definitely definitely be not all season, but it could be uh, uh,
1: only a couple more, maybe we'll go. There we go, James. That's a wrap for this Monday's episode of Planet FPL. We're back at you tomorrow. So wherever you're listening to the podcast, make sure you are subscribed. Uh, hit the notification bell, the like button, whatever it may be. And we'll be back at you
0: tomorrow. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. Ciao for now. Thanks, everyone. Play it your way. Cue music, please. Man child.
1: The Fantasy Football Show.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.